Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 124. Continue to keep moving. Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned on the last episode. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Uh, went through a mental health uh, crisis, I guess. Just, uh, you know, anxiety written. And uh, I've kind of risen from the grave and found my way through it. Uh, if you'd like to know a little more, if I don't mention it on upcoming episodes or even this one, uh, check me out on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I kind of go into details, but my Facebook especially, I've been going because there's a lot more people who follow me there. <coughs> and I, uh, yeah, I go into more details about it because, you know, I was going through a lot of, a lot of just damage inside and medications were fluctuating and then so on. So, uh, yeah, but I'm going well and, uh, I'm just happy to be back doing this again. So, uh, even though a week goes by for you guys, um, I do these so far in advance that I don't know, uh. You know, it's hard to give you guys updates. That's why I kind of do more updates on, on, on social media because, like I said, uh, it, the time frames don't match up. And it, it sounds weird when I give you an update now, even though this isn't coming out until, you know, October or whatever it is. So, um, whatever, yeah, whatever, whenever this actually comes out. So, uh, but yeah, thanks for everybody who's checked on me and I appreciate everyone's support. And uh, so let's just get into the next guest. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you again. guys back um again you know I, I always like to say where i find them and pod matches you know just a great place and as i said before i find keywords and i started looking up just different stuff because i haven't had anybody who is a cancer survivor in a while and i wanted to kind of delve back into it and uh you know i read through a few people and this one i really caught my eye because of what she's doing today and just you know she's going she's tackling certain things that i never thought about and just the way she just the way her mind works was i was very curious about uh, how she got to this place and obviously just her story and, and overcoming and all that is something I thrive in. So, um, yeah, she's a delightful person, so I would like to have her on. So you want to um, tell your, say your name and obviously a little about yourself? Sure. Thanks again for having me on your show. And my name is Anna Leonarda, and I am a nine-year breast cancer survivor. Uh, it's actually going to be 10 years this November. And I was diagnosed at 36 years old. I was married at the time of my diagnosis, but prior to that, I uh, struggled with something called endometriosis, where I had uh, painful periods and painful intercourse, and I used to go to the doctor all the time, a few different doctors, and, and they would always say, just relax, have a glass of wine, you're fine. And so I was married for 20 years, and uh, towards uh, probably like probably about 15, well, let's say 12 years into my marriage, um, I just couldn't have intercourse anymore. And it was too painful. It, it, it was like impossible. And it was like, more like hitting a wall. And I went to a doctor again, and they said I had something called vaginismus, where uh, the opening of my vagina, the muscles around the opening of my vagina were involuntarily spasming. And... I think I had it for a while. It's just that it got a lot worse over time. And I went to, when I went to the doctor, they, they told me that what can happen is when somebody, if to give an example, like a scenario, if somebody came up to you and just kept punching you in the stomach over and over again, whenever they would see you, you would eventually start flinching in the anticipation of the pain. And that's what my, the opening of my vagina was doing was it was spasming making inter internal penetration impossible. So I started doing therapy for it, uh, pelvic floor therapy. There were some dilators I had to use, very slow process. And I, during my treatment, actually, I, I found, I was taking a shower, I found a breast lump in the shower, I was 36 years old. And I thought, well, there's no family history, probably nothing. So I went, but I went to the doctor, had a biopsy, found out that I had 
hormone positive breast cancer, estrogen positive. And I had three tumors in my left breast. So I had a total of seven surgeries, chemotherapy, lost all my hair. And when I went to the oncologist, I remember him saying, this is an estrogen-fed cancer. The goal is to get rid of all your estrogen. So you're going to have a problem with your your libido. And it's probably going to make intercourse impossible or painful. And I was like, well, I already have all that. So it did get worse. Oh, so this so, was during your whole like journey to trying to figure out what your problems were in your vagina. Now you have right. problems up top now. Yes. Wow. Yes. So I had a double mastectomy. And since it was estrogen positive, I decided to have a total hysterectomy as well. So I was forced into menopause at 36. And so I put my treatment for my vaginismus on hold because I thought, well, it's more important to beat my cancer at first, right. which I did. And, uh, so then when I, when I uh, finished treatment, I slowly started to introduce the dilators again, thinking, okay, let me try to treat this vaginismus, but it was even worse. I mean, it was just like bleeding and just, and you know, just, I'm sure it took a toll on my marriage. Uh, I did end up getting divorced, I mean, for other reasons, but I got divorced three years ago and I wondered, how am I going to date somebody? How am I going to meet somebody new? I was with my ex-husband since I was in eighth grade. So... I was my one and only. I was I'd never dated before, and I thought, well, I can use a traditional dating app, but that's very intimidating because who's going to want to be with me if I can't have intercourse? Right. I don't want to have intercourse. I actually decided not to do the treatment anymore. But I thought, you know, I need to do the treatment for myself, not for anybody else, and I just wasn't ready emotionally or mentally just because I I, I only related sex to pain. I'm like I don't want to be in pain. So why do I have to do these dilators and then have pain again? So I decided, you know what? I'm just going to stay single. That was easier for me, you know? But then I started thinking, wait a minute. I didn't go through endometriosis, vaginismus. I call it broken vagina to make it easier. But, but, uh, it's, uh, and then the cancer just to be single. And I thought, I'm not alone. There's other people out here that are having these limitations the pain and and they don't know you know what what their problem is or they just they just are scared to date so i thought about men that have erectile dysfunction i thought well how do they date and then i found that they were in their 20s and 30s and they're dating on these traditional dating apps and they're having to tell these men or women that they have sexual dysfunction and that's a lot of pressure right to, to have to go on a date and be like by the way i have this condition or whatever it is. And, uh, and I thought, well, they must feel alone. You know, they're probably rejected and embarrassed. So how do I bring these individuals together, these men and women? How do they, how do I bring them together? So they know that they're not alone and they have somebody that's going to accept them just the way they are and with their limitations. So I decided to create a dating app that takes sexual expectations out of dating. It's for individuals like myself that, Maybe they can't have intercourse, or they just prefer not to have intercourse for either medical or personal reasons. It could be trauma, it could be uh, maybe you know, erectile dysfunction or whatever it is. Uh, it just creates a safe, comfortable environment for them to just be themselves and know that they have somebody that will accept them just the way they are, regardless of their limitations. Right now, you said a lot because I, I kind of want to go back. As you said, I mean, we'll. I, I know I, I, I talk a little fast. No, no, you're fine. I, I just kind of you know want to go kind of start from because I, I people sure. get yell at me when it's like if I let someone go on too long and I don't throw in a question and I forget about someone's like, well, why didn't you ask that? It's like, well, because I'm trying to be polite, but you know, so that's the one problem by doing only audio because I can't just like wave my hands at you like, hey, my turn. Oh yeah. But no, 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 you're okay. fine. You're fine. But so like. Again, I I think, and I love how honest you are, and again, I'm not trying to dig into your entire personal life, but we're talking about, you know, your sex life and all that, and, and I think we have a huge problem in this country where we try to taboo something that's so normal and so, like, popular. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a reason why porn is so successful. Not even just, like, uh, you know, like, the mainstream stuff, but just, like, online, like, how free it is and how available it is. Like, you can go down any wormhole online and you're, you're going to end up with something sexual. Um, and so we try to taboo it in a way where just because we don't want the kids to see it. But the more you do that, the more the kids see it and, or they're going to try it. Um, exactly. So like, you know, obviously, like, did you as far as this pain in your vagina, did you have this problem like right away? Or was it something you developed later in life? 
so before I became sexually active, I was having severe cramps from my menstrual cycle because right. endometriosis has to do with your menstrual cycle. So I was having severe cramps and heavy bleeding and, and tampons were painful to do to insert. And uh, so I didn't know what it was. I just thought it's just endometriosis. And then when I became sexually active, it was painful. So I'm like, okay, the first time it's supposed to be painful. Second time, still painful. Then it was always painful. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with me? And that's when I went to start going to the doctor and they're they're just like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're, you're fine. Just relax. And those three different doctors, I believe. And, uh, so, so I didn't know it was actually vaginismus until it got to the point where it was like severe. Right. Right. So I think right. I had a mild case. It's just that the doctors didn't, you know, a lot of them may not know about it or I don't know if they're not educated or whatever it is, but it took me to, I, and I was lucky to have two kids. Yeah. So even though pain, it was painful to have sex, I still, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm married. I got to deal with it. Just fought through the pain instead of communicating with my, my ex-husband, which I probably should have, you know, because I don't want to be like a big, I felt like, felt like I was being a big baby to be like, you know, suck it up, Anna. You're in pain. You, you're you married. You got to do it. From, you want to have kids? You got to do it, you know? Right. From from your standpoint, like, I mean, again, I know like obviously sex is natural and everybody wants to have sex and obviously to attract a man, like, and again, it, it doesn't mean that a man should only want you f- for sex, but again, we all desire it in some way, shape, or form, and, and it's hard to actually get out in the dating world and just say, like, hey, we're never having sex. Like, regard, forget marriage, all that. So you obviously, you're trying to sacrifice some of your pain. Um, like, how did you, I mean, because, now did you, I mean, again, I guess you were really young, but like, how did you even work yourself up to, because you obviously have pain with just putting tampons in. So regardless of the size of a man's penis, it doesn't really matter because anything hurts. So what would work? I mean, was it just because you're in the moment and you obviously like the guy, you're just like, okay, oh, screw it. I'm going to try it because I mean, you're obviously taking a huge risk knowing the little things hurt. So, yeah. Well, I've only been with one guy in my life for, for, since my, my ex, I met him in eighth grade. So I was with one person all my life. Right. I'm just talking about your virginity. Like the first time you actually worked yourself up to yeah. actually want to try it. Well, the first time I just thought, you know, I knew it was going to hurt because I just, my friends would say like, it's going to hurt the first time, but then it's going to be okay. True. So I went through it. I'm like, okay, that hurt. Like, well, let me try again. All right. Well, it still hurts. Then, you know, it wasn't enjoyable. It's hard to be in the moment because it's, I, I was like, I felt like I was walking into the fire, you know, it's like any kind of, any form of intimacy. I was like, oh no, it's going to lead to sex. It's going to be painful. Oh no. You know, and I would have anxiety about it, but I would never say anything, you know? So it, it's just something I just kind of dealt with, I guess. Was there was there ever, this may be a silly co- question, but, you know, obviously there's there's plenty of these going around where, obviously, look, there's plenty of guys assaulting women sexually and, and all that, but there's also the case where women, you know, yell rape when, when it doesn't happen. And obviously in your case, he didn't rape you, but, like, it might feel like it is because it hurts. Like, was there ever, like, a, a panic in his mind, like, I'm hurting you. And what happens if we ever got into a fight? And like, obviously you, you probably wouldn't do that cause you're, you know, a genuine person, but was there ever like a conversation of like, you know, cause again, you, you, you want to do it cause you like him, but it also hurts, but he's, he still wants to get what he wants to get. Like, was there ever a conversation about like, Hey, like, is there an understanding? Like, yes, I'm hurting you, but I'm not trying to, because I don't want to like go to jail for this. It wasn't like that. I think because we were married, I think it was a difference. Right. And yeah, we, people, I mean, we didn't. Ahead, yeah, there's there's crazy people out there that would do that, right? They would, you know, be like, "Hey, you raped me," but uh, he knew that I was in pain, so he was very compassionate about it. Yeah. And uh, but there was never because like yeah, it's just the way I am. I mean, pretty kind of knows me that that I wouldn't be like that kind of. I mean, I'm sure there's women out there that would do that, but. Uh, but even though it hurt, it was not, I could never said like, if I said stop, that hurts, he would stop. Right. And, uh, it's just that I just held it in, you know, the, the pain just because I just felt like, okay, oh, yeah, I gotta, gotta satisfy the husband, gotta get it done. And, uh, but you know, if there's anybody listening that, that is in a relationship, you know, it's definitely speak up. Don't be afraid. Cause, you shouldn't have to feel pain like that yeah. for anybody. 
No, absolutely. I mean, it, it, like I said, it, I've heard of this, but it, it's rare, and there's women that definitely go through it, and they feel the way you felt then, and it, it's got to suck. But like, was that, you know, obviously, like, lack of sex and, and just, you know, whatever. Like, was that the reason why the marriage didn't work, or were there other things involved? Well, there was other things involved. Okay. But I mean, that was probably, probably like in the background, like in like a floating cloud that just was like there. And anytime there was probably anything else, it was probably like, well, yeah, and there's this. Um, yeah, I think we didn't want to say that's the reason, one of the reasons why, but I knew it's, it's kind of like, to me, it was like common sense. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure that didn't freaking help. You know, just not ever wanting to have uh, sex was you know, I would avoid it as much as I can because I didn't want to have the pain, you know. And, but uh, that wasn't the main reason why right. we were fair enough. Yeah, can, can you again? Sure. This is just, again. I, you don't have you don't have to or have to. But uh, do mm-hmm. you can you understand why a person wouldn't want to be with you because of that, regardless if it's yes. right or wrong? Yes, I I can. I'm actually so I decided to. Uh, I'm not using my dating app yet. I know that may sound weird, okay. but. I'm using a couple of different other traditional dating apps and I'm actually putting full disclosure on there. So, you know, I cannot have intercourse. I had a breast cancer that makes me whatever treatment I had caused me not to be able to have intercourse. If you're okay with that, you know, swipe on me. If not, then you will move on. Or if you have ED, please swipe on me. And I have some, some would respond and say like, you know what? Sex is not the most important thing. And some would say it, you know what? You never said anything about your mouth or, or your, your or anal. Right. It's like, wait, what? You know, it's like, you know, so when I say stuff like that, it's like, wait, how insensitive are you? Did you really go out of your way to tell me that? But, but I, I have met a couple of guys actually, uh, that were honest with me and they said, you know, I really like you, but I have to have sex. That's very important to it's me deep, in a relationship. Yeah. It's a deal breaker. And, and you know what? I said, it hurts to hear it, but thank you for being honest. Right. Because I would rather them be honest. Because I understand, you know, like for me, I could go without sex forever because I never enjoyed it. Right. And, but there's, you know, men and women out there that they, you know, they say they need it and that they need it. And that's, I'd rather have somebody that is like, hey, let's work around it. There's other forms of intimacy. Great. You know, I really like you. I want to be with you. But I haven't met that kind of guy yet. But um, I am sure they're out there somewhere. But majority are the ones that, like they'll, they'll get to know me if they really like me, but they'll, they'll be honest and they'll say it. And then I'm like, all right, you know what? Truth hurts, but that's, I'd rather you be honest, whether you not yeah. Yeah, be miserable and then end up cheating or, or whatever, you know? Right. Well, we're, we're, we're in a really, again, I said it's taboo to some people, but it, we are in a really sexualized culture now. And I think one of the things, and I, I love what you're doing, what your dating said, but like dating sites really have ruined even me to some degree with my thought process and dating because even just like, let, let's say Tinder and Bumble, it's a quick like next, next. And that everyone's like, you know, they say like people's mentality right now or their, their attention span is, is less than a goldfish because we like, as soon as like even watching a show or a movie, like we get two minutes in, we're like, nah, and we don't even really give it a chance. And with like dating, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm talking to somebody, I'm really into her. And, you know, my mind likes to wander off and go like, hmm, I wonder, again, we have good sex and, and, and you know, I am a sexual person and, and, and so is she. But like, we, we still try to find every reason not to be. And again, I don't cheat or anything and we're not like officially together, but we're, we're working on it because there's things she has kids and stuff. But, um, and just, she, she lives an hour away. So, and, and I don't drive because of my condition, but there's, we're working it out because she is a really good person and, and, and I genuinely care about her. But every so often mm-hmm. I have my mind where it wanders off and it's like, uh, I want this. And I, I, mean, I can only imagine cause when someone for you, cause like a person will, you know, like when a guy said to you, uh, uh, you know, like sex isn't the most thing, most important thing that still kind of leads that they're kind of sex is still important. It's just not the most important thing, but I have seen there's a lot of stuff out there where there's like people pay to cuddle with you. Like there are things that people do that are not genuinely straight for sex. Obviously you don't hear about it as much as, um, a lot of the sexual stuff, like, you know, you know, brothels and all these things, but there are people out there. I, you know, again, I mean, like you said, there's guys with, with ED and all that. And, and, um, and there are people that are just asexual that just don't really care about sex and don't really are not into either. They're just, they just like want someone around. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, you know, there is a niche and that's what I kind of love what you're doing. Like you, you have a niche that you're going after because look, it's, it's gotta be hard just being a woman and, you know, in, in the world that we're in, women are, you know, yeah, obviously they're, they're stronger than they used to be. I mean, women were always strong, but like you, you have more of a say in today's world, but it's still a man's world, the way it's built and the way it's structured and, and, and so on. And, and for a woman who now can't have sex, like obviously women, a lot of times are looked at as, as objects. And when you take away the sexual part, guys are probably less likely to even take you serious than more than they were before, which is not fair, but it's, you know, but it, but that's kind of what makes you you. Like you're a strong person, so you continue to like persevere and push through it. And I guess that's kind of a token to kind of how you came on the other side of this. Um, but like, okay, so like when you when you when you the whole lump thing was that like when you found that in the shower was that like I don't know, did you have like a breakdown? Did you have a moment where it's like really something else? Because you know, it's almost like when it rains it pours. It's like really another thing on top of my already problem big problem I, I thought when i felt it i was like oh sorry nothing and i was like yeah whatever i remember going to my son's piano recital right after that and uh kind of worried about it but not really i didn't tell anybody about it um my my, ex, my ex-husband knew about it um i didn't tell my 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 family or anything my sister knew but that was about it i didn't want anybody worried to worry me because i was like you know what i'm fine because i worked in the pathology department uh shortly prior to being, well, I was there for like eight years. I was in the pathology department. So I used to see all the records come in for these patients and, and I was a secretary there. And I would see like, you know, people were like in their 60s and 70s, you know, cancer diagnosis, never anybody young. It didn't seem like it. And then, uh, so I'm like, well, we're pretty confident. I'm like, it's probably nothing. It's probably just this. My friend just went through a similar scare. Uh, they said it was a benign tumor. And I'm like, well, it's probably what mine is. So, and then, it took like seven days for my results to come in. They mixed up my last name. I don't know how they did that because I worked Jeez. at the hospital at the time. But so, uh, so they, so they couldn't find my my uh, results. And then, then I started getting nervous because my friend worked. So I worked in the pathology department. I called the, the department directly, and I asked her, uh, "Hey, what's going on with my results?" My friend, sure, it's nothing. She's like, "Oh, don't worry, honey. It's gonna be okay." Um. Uh, your results are, are um, going to be sent to your doctor. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean, honey? Then I started, and then I started getting nervous. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, why is she calling me, honey? And why, you know, it was just, and she kept asking me too before I even called her. She's like, did you get the results yet? I'm like, no. I'm like, are they ready yet? You know, so, so finally, I, I then I started, my heart, I remember my heart started racing. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, something's wrong. So I called her again and I'm like, are they bad? And she's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not good. Call your doctor. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh. And I was at my mom's house. I remember that she was, it was her 60th birthday when I was on the phone. Um, and she never knew I had the biopsy done. So then I'm like, this isn't good. But so I had to like make up an excuse. I'm like, you know, I want to just, I have to go help my friend, her card stall. I, you know, I tell my mom we're about to sing her happy birthday. And I'm like, I got to go. I left. I called the pathologist directly. Again, he didn't want to give me the results either. Must a HIPAA thing, you know? They're like, "No, you got to get the results from the doctor yeah. himself." Well, I'm like, you know, I'm like I don't care. I'm like, I I know you guys. I'm like, just tell me the results. And when they told me, I'm like, this isn't good. You have you know triple positive breast cancer. It's an aggressive form of breast cancer. I'm like, wait, what? It was like such a shock. I'm like, I'm 36. There's no history. Are you sure? You know, it was it was crazy. It was it was so. It was it was very shocking, and then when I had um, saw the surgeon, they said uh, let's do a mammogram, and they didn't find another. They found the one lump, but uh, they didn't see another one. So like let's do an MRI, a breast MRI, and they found another tumor. So then by then I'm like, you know what? I said I don't even care. Don't biopsy it. And just take off my breast. I don't care because they want to do a lumpectomy, just like the lump only instead of the whole breast, and. Uh, and then during surgery, they found a third tumor. I'm like, how in the heck did I have three tumors on one breast? And I did, I felt felt healthy and looked healthy. I thought, and it was, just, it was just, and they thought it was in my, you know, growing for several years, and, and it was just, it was it was really surprising. Did you go and through I, like a really low, like sad, 
you know, period of, because, you know, again, you know, regardless of maybe not into sex, but like your sexuality, women still, you know, trying to want to be pretty and attractive. I don't know how much that was on your radar, but, you know, obviously taking something from you, anytime you lose something, regardless of what it is, a body part or, or something, you know, like in my case with my eyes, my disability, anytime you lose something, there's still like a, you know, you mourn it in a way. Uh, did you ever go, did you go through that period of just, you know, obviously feeling unattractive and just mourning your breast and, and so on? I did because I, I didn't heal well. So I had a, I had a one-sided mastectomy initially and because they said the other side's fine, just leave it alone. So they did the first side and I wasn't healing well. Like it was like dead skin. It was, it was, I was just disgusted. I couldn't even look at it. It was just, it was horrible. So I was just like, what the heck happened to my body? Like my, I, I have no hair. I have this, you know, no breast, and it's bruised, and it's you know dead skin. It was just, and you know, of course, my ex, my ex never looked at me either. I don't want anybody to see me like that. And uh, and my plastic surgeon at the time was pretty cocky, and he he was he, he was very aggressive with the with the, uh, the he put an expander in my chest to kind of slowly stretch my skin out. But he, I think he was a little too he filled it up too fast to expander. So my skin wasn't healing was too tight. Mm. So, um, so I was angry cause I was like, what the hell, you know, it's bad enough. I have cancer. Now I have this breast that looks like I'm, you know, there's it's massively something wrong with it. And, uh, so he kept the, the surgeon kept telling me, come back in two weeks and you know, it's going to heal. And, and he kept sending me back every two weeks. He's like, come back in two weeks, come back in two weeks. Then I started thinking, I'm sorry, man, I'm like, this is not going to heal. And I started getting a second opinion and I told him I took a picture of it. And when I told him I took a picture of it, I go, this is not healing. I took a picture of it. I went to another doctor and he's just like, I'm going to fix it. You're overreacting. You need to trust me. I'm going to fix it. I don't know if he was like trying to buy time because he was so busy. So he did the debridement surgery where they kind of clean up the scar tissue and stuff. And he made, you know, made it look as normal as possible. I didn't have a nipple. They took that off too. And uh, so I started healing again and then he started filling up the expander again and then it starts opening up again. And I'm like, what are we doing here? I'm like, we're back in the same situation. What are my options? And uh, he's like, you need back flap surgery. We're just going to take some muscle from your back and we're going to tunnel it through your side and then create a breast and, uh, and, you know, go ahead talk to the nurses and get it scheduled. I'm like, wait, I don't want you touching my back muscle. I already have a bad back and, and you know, what are the chances if it doesn't heal? And he's like, Oh, you're fine. Uh, I'm like, what about my back though? I don't want my muscles to be, you know, compromised and whatever moves around. And because you're a pro now, you'll be fine. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, but how could you say that? You know? Yeah. That, so, it's, it's a really shitty feeling. And this goes to any form of, anybody who's got some sort of power or something in a job, whether even if it's just something like a therapist or whatever, but it, it feels really shitty when you're just treated like, Oh, who's next on the schedule? Oh, that's right. that person. And, and there's no care. Like when you say, look, you, you just cut off my breast and you know, I'm going through this pain and that pain. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Just schedule with the nurse. Like it, it, like you're just a piece of shit. Like it's like, Oh, okay, whatever. Good. Well, I'll see you when I see you. Right. Like there's no care about it. Like you tell them and then it's like, there's no emotion. Yeah, it's like you're. He told me before I had my first surgery. He said, um, "By the time you're done with this mastectomy, um, your friends are going to be jealous of you." And I'm like, "Huh? Okay. I'm not going to have a nipple, and I'm going to have uh, <laughs> mastectomy. I don't think my friends are going to be jealous of me." I'm like, "Okay." So, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, "Well, okay, maybe it's going to be like beautiful job, and you know, whatever." But it, it wasn't breast cancer is not a free boob job like I kept hearing from people but uh, so I would ask the nurse you know I, I don't want to have the surgery I'm really nervous do you think I could talk to some other patients that have gone through this who I know what to expect with my recovery and, and this is a big surgery and uh, she's oh you know what they don't want to talk about it it's, they don't want to talk about their procedures so we don't have anybody you could talk to and, and I was like really so I ended up thinking you know what I'm going to go with my gut this time. I'm not going to go with this doctor anymore because there's, it was, I knew something was wrong. I, it, it, you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to heal. I didn't want to go through this back surgery. 
I knew there was another option where they could take tissue from my abdomen and, uh, and create a breast that way. And he said, uh, cause you're not a candidate for that. You need to gain weight. You're too skinny for that. You don't have enough tissue. And I'm like, well, do you do that surgery? He goes, well, no, I don't. I'm like, well, then how do you know that I'm not a candidate? Because you're not the expert. So basically I shook his hand. I was like, okay, thank you. I'll schedule the surgery. And I left and went to a, a microsurgeon in the city. I live in Chicago. And, uh, and he told me, he's like, yeah, you're a candidate for the surgery. It's like a 12 hour, 12 to 14 hour surgery, which I did end up doing. Uh, they take tissue in, in uh, the, the vessel in the abdomen area and they reconnect it into the chest wall and, and create breath for blood flow. And he said, uh, he went to the procedure and everything. And, and I, I said, you don't have to take my back then? And use my back? Said, Not at all. I said, we could use your abdomen and, and uh, the tissue from there. And, and that's what they did. And uh, since they did that, since I knew it was going to be a long surgery, I, I, kinda, I just told them, you know what, just remove my other breath because just create both of them. Because I'm not going to go through the surgery again. Just get it done and over with. And so so they did do it. You know, I ended up having the double mastectomy and then uh, total with a, the abdominal surgery and stuff. And and it was, uh, so after, after they re, he retweaked it and everything, I would look at my chest in the mirror and I was like, ugh. I was just like, I can't even look at myself in the mirror. The, the scar, I just looked like I just got hit by a train. It was just, I, did, I didn't feel like, like a woman anymore. I'm like, what, what is going on? What happened to my body? You know, it was just, it, I just didn't like the way I looked. So um, I ended up getting 3D nipple tattoos put on. I thought maybe this will make me feel better. And again, it's like I was looking in the mirror. I'm like, I I still don't like how I look. So like, I got to do something. I'm like, I, I just, I don't feel good about my body. I want to be able to look at myself and, and not be constantly reminded that I had cancer. And, uh, so what I did was I had, a uh, mastectomy tattoos put on. So I have these roses all over my, I don't want to say covering my, my scars because my tattoo artist is like, I'm not covering it. I'm just kind of taking the eye away from your, from the, the scar line. So, and one was higher than the other, my, my chest. So he made them look symmetric by using the tattoo and, and putting like vines and flowers. And, and, uh, and that was like a huge game changer for me. I was like, I was like, I really want to see my tattoos. <laughs> like my friends and family. And, and I was just like, so proud. And look at my chest. Hmm. Cause before I was like, I don't want to look at it. Now I'm like, you know, who wants to see it? So, um, I was all over Instagram. I was in a mag, uh, uh, mess what is it, a mastectomy medical uh, exhibit in the city, which was kind of cool too, because there was a bunch of breast cancer survivors that had these tattoos wow. that changed their lives. That's cool. And they were all, you know, all over the wall. And, and uh, I was able to meet some of them. And they were like, is that your tattoo? And I like pointed my, to, to the wall. I'm like, is that better me? You know, so this is very inspiring to, to talk to other women that, you know, had this tattoo artist make such a huge change. So, so that's why it's like, I, I did feel like less of a woman, you know, but once I get these tattoos, I'm like, you know what? I feel better now. And so that was something I'm really proud of that I did. had the courage. I don't have any tattoos at all. It was an eight hour tattoos uh, session, but it's really worth it. Right. You and I have definitely one thing in common. I love, I love you for it, is that, uh, we we can't really answer anything in like a couple of words. We have we have to, there's a long way to, get to everything. But I love it. Trust <laughs> me, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, I know I go. I yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I love rant. Like I love people who rant. It's it, but it's great. Like I said, it, it paints more of a picture for for a person out there for a woman who's struggling with this. And, and you know, let's say they're in the in the stage you were where you're you know mourning your breast and you're hating your body. They hear something like that and, and know there's an exhibit. And there's other women out there because I was going to ask you, have you found other people? That to talk to and, and, and kind of, you know, love each other up and, and, you know, let you know that you're not alone. And obviously you have, and that's, it's, it's really cool. Cause you know, and I, one, of, one of the things I've noticed mm -hmm. about you, um, and I, I think I kind of put myself in the same category and there's a lot of people, cause there are people out here that like to like advertise that they're a survivor, not like on their bios or anything, but like shirts and tattoos. And I don't know, I, I never really liked that because as a person who has, nearly died and has survived some things 
and I've been around a lot of survivors in, in, in many different ways, including cancer survivors, um, you can you can just tell when someone has survived something and they've, they've struggled because like you're, you can tell you're a really kind, good person, but you're not like overly like bubbly and like, yay, life is wonderful. But you're also not like doom and gloom either. There's just like a certain tone to you that like, if I had to guess, now I know obviously, but I would have guessed that you had been through something because, you know, the, the, the pain is still there, but you're just, you're moving further away from it. So you can, you know, you're, you're, again, you're evolving. You're, you're just, you know, obviously maturing and you're just, you know, learning to deal and, and, and just try to turn yourself into a better person. Like we talked off mic, just turning something really horrible into a much more beautiful situation one way or another. I, I know I was, I know you had asked, like, did I ever reach a point where I was, like, really, like, dark place, I guess, or just, like, how much did it affect me? But I, I found myself trying to always be cheery, like, positive, because I, I was comforting people around me. Like, my, my mom was always crying. My, one of my friends, I remember her crying. I'm like, listen, I'm like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm going to one, one going through cancer. What am I helping you out? Or whatever, trying to console you. And, and then I, I also, uh, when I would go for chemo, my, my goal was to stay positive. Meaning I did talk to somebody prior to my, me starting chemo. I was very scared to start chemo. And I talked to a lady and she was like my age and she's like, chemo is horrible. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't take care of my kids. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do this. I couldn't work. I couldn't. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And I got so scared because I'm like, I basically took care of my kids all the time. My, my ex was traveling a lot. And I thought, oh my God, I got so scared. I remember sitting in the American Cancer Society. I was getting fitted for a wig and I started crying. And she's just like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm scared to do chemo. And, and she's like, what kind of chemo are you having? And she's like in her late 60s. And uh, she, I just went through chemo too. She was a few um, few months ago, and uh, and I told her what kind of chemo I was having. She's like, "Oh, honey," she's like, "You're going to be fine." She's like, I look at me. She's like, "I was fine. So I was able to get up. You know, you get up and you do this and you do that. And you you know, you can take care of whatever you want. You know, just don't overdo it, and and you're going to be just fine." And I was like, "What's the difference in the stories?" And I'm like, "I want to be you, where you're like positive, and and of course, cancer is not easy." You know, chemo is not easy, but I wanted to be that person to be like, hey, you know what? I did it and it's okay and, and you can do it. Right. And don't be afraid, you know, because don't, don't, don't be like, I'm not doing chemo because I'm, I'm scared of it. You know, it's just try once, you know, it's not, a, it's, it can't, it's possible. It may not be as bad as you think. And, and uh, so, and then when I went for chemo, I would wear a shirt that says cancer sucks and I would wear a pink wig. And then and my goal for that was to make people laugh. That was, that right. were that's awesome. around around me, you know. So it's, that was my goal, just just to try to stay happy and, or, you know, lighten the mood, I guess. But but it wasn't until like, I don't know, six months ago maybe, mm-hmm. where I was just like, it hit me, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, nine year survivor, and here I am, finally nine years later. I'm like, holy cow, I went through a lot, yeah. and I never dealt with it. Like I never cried. I never felt sorry for myself. I never said, why me? I never said any of that. But then I started thinking like, I think I need to talk about it. Cause I was, I was holding so much in. And, and when I started joining these podcasts and telling my story, I started realizing I'm like, this is, I'm holding all this in. And, uh, so I, I decided to start seeing a, a therapist and, and I'm happy I did. Cause I was like, I, I've been holding this in for how many years? Mm-hmm. So it's okay not to be okay, you know, and I'm not embarrassed about going to a therapist. I think that it's no. been very helpful and uh, anybody out there that is um, yeah. struggling like that, definitely get get some help because there's nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah, you went, you went through a stage that most people don't take that long to get out of. I mean, sometimes it takes a year or two or whatever. I mean, it, it varies for different people, but where you go to the stage where other people are more affected by it than you and you're just kind of numb to it. It's like, it's just part of your life. But at some point you just go like, shit, like I went through, like, cause I, you know, I, I've, I've kind of tried to figure out in my head, like I, I start to realize like you went through this, 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 and this, and you're still going through this. You're still going through my, 
and I, and I said out loud to myself, I'm like, how are you still standing? Like, I don't, I don't, right. I don't get it. And, and you start to really figure out all you've been through as a person. And for, for people like you and I, who have been through a lot more than just one or two things, you go like, damn, man. Like, I mean, cause you know, you, you can say, oh, you know, now you're nine years, but you could have said, oh, I'm eight years survivor. But like, it might not have hit you until recently where it's like, I, you know, the survivor part is, is a real thing. And to say, you know, it, it's, you know, to say, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I guess it's kind of like what people say with their sobriety, but it's something to be proud of. It's like, shit, I've survived cancer. There's way too many people that don't survive a breast cancer or any other type of cancer. Um, right. or, or people are end up worst off, even just regardless of death, you know, they live, but they're in, in much worse shape. Um, I mean, there's people that just go through it, even with chemo, it just tears them apart. Um, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I lost my uncle last year to, uh, leukemia and he went through certain, uh, procedures and stuff and it just, it just took the rest out of him. It just, you know, eventually just months later just went. Um, but yeah, at some point you really realize like kind of a special person you are like it's hard it's it kind of it's kind of gross sometimes to think about it because you're like oh you're saying all these nice things about yourself and but at some point you have to stand up because your mental health your your mind is going to keep telling you like oh you're ugly you're this you're that but at some point you're like shit I'm really strong and I, I'm you know there's not many people that can go through what I went through and, and still stand here uh mentally or or physically and you, right. you did. So, yeah, it, it's cool that you're coming to terms with, you know, what you went through. I just couldn't believe how long it took me yeah. to realize it. Yeah, it's a long time. But, I mean, it, at least you, you, you figured it out. Uh, but one thing I did want to ask you kind of before we get into, like, your, your dating site. Like, uh, you, you said you cut off your other breast. Was there, a, was there a possible chance that it would spread to that eventually? Or they said it was just, very, very slim. But you just took the precaution but, anyway? I, I did because, and also because, like, when I had the mastectomy, the one side is, uh, you know, it was, it was, they weren't symmetric. And I thought, I don't want to stare at myself like this, you know, completely, you know, different in sizes. So, uh, and because I was going to have that big, the slap surgery, and it was such a long surgery and uh, big surgery, I that's when I thought, let's just take the other side off. And they didn't argue with me. So it was, uh, it went by really quick. I mean, my mom didn't think it went by quick. I'm like, oh, just, I told her it was going to be 14 hours. It ended up being 10 hours. So mm-hmm. I kind of like shortened it yeah. or, you know, our length made it longer. So she would be surprised when 10 hours passed and it was over. But, uh, it was, it was, uh, do you regret that decision or do you, are you still okay with it? No, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad I did it. I wish I would have done it initially, but it was okay. Yeah. It took a lot of surgeries to get to the point no, where I'm at right now. And good for you. Uh, so probably like the million dollar question is, so why, if you, why would you create a site for someone like you, but then not use it? Um, right now there's, there's not a ton of people on there, okay. but um, I don't want to go on there and someone's going to recognize me like, oh, she's the founder. And then I don't know what they would think. Right. You know, like after it's like undercover boss stuff. Where your pink show up and yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I um, but okay. I, I think I will down the road. It's just right now I feel like just for privacy, I, I don't want uh, anybody to know who I am. Fair enough. So, so you know, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm asking this for as a person, you know, because it's something I ask when I'm trying to, you know, when I'm desiring a girl. What is it for a person, all you've been through, all the trauma, and, and obviously the, the one thing that you lack is, but obviously, you you know, you tell the men what they're signing up for. What is a person like you? What are you What are you looking for in a in a? Are you Are you dating just men, women? You know, are you open to whatever? Or but anyway, what are you for whatever you are gender wise? What are you looking mm-hmm. for in a in a mate? Um, I'm da- dating male. Okay, but um, I've only been on a two dates so far. I think it usually doesn't get that far because people are just like sick and scared of my my condition, but, um, I'm just looking for a guy that is, is honest and compassionate and maybe patient with me as well because of my condition. I mean, it is, my condition is treatable. So if, with the right person, I may consider getting treatment, but right now, you know, I don't want that, but so definitely someone just honest and compassionate and, and caring and, 
still, you know, not afraid to, to be affectionate because there's other forms of intimacy, you know, and, uh-huh. and, uh, but honesty is definitely number one, I think, because it's hard to find honesty around here, cause, especially with my, because of my issue too, I always automatically think, oh, a person's going to cheat. Right. So, you know, so it's, and it's not a nice way of starting a relationship, but I haven't, I've been single since I've been divorced. So, uh, and uh, it's it's kind of better though. Like right now, I'm I think I'm more focusing on my myself and just getting better and healing. And and because I just discovered, you know, it took me nine years to figure it out that that I needed uh, to talk about my my cancer. And I did go through you know PTSD and all that other stuff. And and uh, it, I needed to, to heal myself first. I don't think I'm really emotionally ready anyway. And I think right now it's just more like trying to get the word out with my with my app just to reach people no, good for they, you. Uh, yeah absolutely yeah but um so because I, I didn't know it was possible but so what is the holdup of you not getting this procedure done obviously you want to find someone who's worth it but is there is there a lot of risk involved is this just something you just mentally haven't prepared yourself for i don't know what, what is I, the, I think it's more of like a more like a mental prepare prepare preparedness because so the the treatment's pretty tedious. It's it's uh, I mean it's physical therapy, um, public floor public floor therapy, and so there's 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 five there's five dilator sizes. There's one the size of a pinky, and then it keeps going up until like that's what I call like Godzilla size. It's like enormous, which I wouldn't hope a woman would ever have to see. But um, and the goal is to like desensitize desensitize oh my gosh I can't even say the word desensitize desensitize um, okay. yeah so like first I'll start with like the the pinky size dilator and if it doesn't hurt then I can go to the bigger size the second size and then you're supposed to leave it in there for 10 minutes a day 7 days a week and then uh, once it doesn't hurt then you move up to the next size you just keep graduating until you reach the right size but um, for me I don't want to do treatment I'm, I am considering it now. Like I just started thinking about it because I feel like this is a big roadblock for me with uh, with having this limitation. But but I know I can use my app. But I also think that it might be like an inspiration to other women if I do do the treatment to say like, hey, you don't have to do the treatment, but this is how it is if you do do the treatment and it is successful or whatever. But um, so the what I don't what I don't want is find somebody and then be like have them pressure me and be like did you use your dilators have you used the dilators yet how much longer because it could take six months to a year maybe maybe even longer than that i don't even know but um so i want to be ready to do it for myself and i think i am ready to do it for myself mm-hmm. uh and i think it takes a lot of pressure off the table because when i was married and i was doing the dilators i felt like you know i have to hurry up come on hurry up gotta get this gotta get this to work so I think right now is, is probably a, a good time to just kind of start doing it. But uh, I have to find the right therapist that I'm comfortable with, I guess. Um, and again, this may be a weird question, but have you ever been curious? I'm, I'm, I'm like just discovering like your sexuality, not, not even just like for yourself, just not, not even just with a male, just pleasuring yourself or anything. Because again, you know, again, like I said, we taboo it and all this, but there, there's been, and, and, you know, again, sometimes women get made out to be slutty when they do this. But again, there's nothing wrong with trying to discover your body and trying to figure out you. And, and But as a person who's never been able to enjoy it, is it something that you are even, like, do you even care about it? Or is it something you just, because it's a roadblock and you know it's something men want. Um, but is, is there a part of you that kind of wants to kind of discover your own sexuality for the first time in your life? I, I do. I am curious. Like, you know, when the guy, when the guys I was talking to, he's just kind of like, you know, you never experience pleasure with sex. He's like, you're missing out a whole freaking new world. And, you know, just, it's just, you know, uh, I, I know, like, from my friends that are sexually active and they just talk it up so much. I'm like, well, I am kind of curious. I wonder if I would like it if I was a different person this time or whatever after I cure myself. I mean, I'm still, so at least I'm still able to, to orgasm. If that's what you were going to ask, I don't know, but um, so I am. 
but I don't have a really don't have a desire because I'm just like, eh, you know, whatever. I could go without anything for the rest of my life, probably, you know. So, um, but and external, I'm okay. But uh, it's uh, right. I got you. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and it, it could be, you know, because sometimes we look at animals like, oh, well, dolphins are so intelligent, huh? But they don't build houses. But it's like, yes, in some ways we're more intelligent, whatever. But th- there's certain things that they need. Like they're more basic. They just don't need a lot of stuff. They need certain things, but they don't need some. There's just a lot of things in life they don't need where we are people as humans. We're kind of stupid because as a kid, bubbles entertain us. But when we get older, you know, the, the things that always entertained us for years and years and years don't entertain us. And we're always trying to find something new to, to spice up our anything, not just like sexually, but in relationships and stuff, but just in general, like, oh, like I'm always trying to find a new show to watch. Even though I've watched hundreds of shows, I could just watch, rewatch them. But I want to watch something that just kind of triggers me and, and, and something that I just I don't know is coming. Um, and so maybe in your maybe in your life, maybe again, I, I don't I don't want to say it's not. Um, but may, maybe just sex is something you just, you'll never need in your life. Uh, you know, maybe it is, but you know, again, I think it, I think you should, again, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do with your body. You do whatever you want. And if you, if you're happy the way you are, then, then good for you and stay that way. But I mean, it, it, if it's something that really is on your mind and something you want to try, you should do it now while you still, you know, can, and, and, you know, don't always, don't have that itch, like scratch it eventually. Um, mm-hmm. and if it's not going to kill you, it's not going to hurt you at all. Um, then yeah, I don't think there's any harm in doing it unless it's going to harm you mentally and something you just don't want to prepare. Like you just can't prepare yourself for it. Then, then yeah, don't do it. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I know there's like a treatment center in New York that I was entertaining, uh, to go to and they actually work with like mind and body at the same time. They said like they actually do therapy, mental health therapy, during the treatment because they know like there's so much anxiety involved with, with women with, when they have vaginismus because they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, how's this going to be? It's going to hurt. And you know, it's, it's, and it's on such a great, you know, uh, vulnerable environment. I mean, you're, you have to sit there, you know, with somebody right at your crotch giving you an exam. It's just, um, it's a lot of anxiety involved with it. So, uh, I do. I'm mean, just thinking about it before I decided to do my dating app because I or create my dating app. I I was like, wait, I started anxiety just thinking about it. I'm like, I gotta meet somebody. I gotta tell them my issue. I'm like, oh, forget it. And I got so nervous about it. And uh, but I thought I'm not alone. There's people out there that that are definitely scared to to date because they're scared to be rejected over and over again or embarrassed about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you never said it. What's what's the name of your your app? It's called Entwine. E N T W I N E. So the website entwinedating dot com. Where's the name come from? So I was going to call it Comfortable Companions, and then people were saying that it sounded like diapers. (laughs) So, and then the app developer that I use initially, they're like, "That's too long of a name." So then we started talking about it. Like, what about entwine? Like, you know, entwining people together and creating some love. And they're like, oh, sure. I'm like, all right, entwine it is. So it's not a very exciting story, but. No, no. Okay. I just, I just like to know where sometimes things come from just different, you know, like I said, certain things come from places in your mind, but okay, fair enough. Cause yeah, when you sell something, sometimes it's gotta be catchy or it's gotta have a name that just, if something is too wordy, uh, right. like even with naming this podcast, my blurred opinion, it's making fun of the vision part. It's the dark, you know, a dark sense of humor. It's not too long. It's, it's punny. And you know, it's, it's nothing that's like over where you just, you know, cause I could say something that explains my life and, or something else, but it's like, you know, you know, there's people that have like the podcast that does so-and-so and so, and it's about so-and-so it's like, oh, that's a long yeah. title. Like, no, thanks. Um, but yeah, it's catchy. It's, it's yeah, that'll, that'll work. Um, but yeah, Thanks. no, I, I'm really happy like for what you're doing. Cause as soon as I read it, I'm like, well, this is like unique. And again, I didn't, I didn't know where you were. I mean, I knew you were a cancer survivor, but I did not know that you couldn't physically have sex at the time. So I just thought you were just creating a, a website for other people. Maybe this was something you, at one point you couldn't do, but 
the fact that you're still in this place and, you know, but, you know, the fact that you're so positive still and you're, you're doing what you're doing, like, I, you know, I wish you nothing but luck and finding love because love is hard to find for anybody, uh, let alone someone in your position. And, you know, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be corny and just go like, oh, there's someone out there for everybody because we just, I don't know, people say things and I'm, I'm sure there is, but, you know, I really do hope you find someone special because you're a special person. You've been through a lot and you deserve it. Um, thank you appreciate that yeah and um you know I, again i hope we can stay friends and everything because i would love to just yeah, keep, keep an eye that'd on be great. just you know like i said I, I i try to become friends with everybody as much as i can again it doesn't always work but you know everybody needs a friend and you know we all i, I know you're you're not far you're, you're not that far out of the woods of still dealing with your trauma and um i don't know everything you've been through like physically i don't know how you've gone through it but uh, I've been through a lot of shit and it's just good to know someone else out there gives a shit about you. Yeah, for sure. That'd be great. Um, so my last, yeah, of course. Uh, my last question, like, do you have any advice for anybody, any like young women that are going through what you were going through in the beginning? Um, in, in either situation or whatever, however you want to go about it, but just someone who is struggling with, let's say body image, uh, I don't want to necessarily go with like weight and things, but like s- similar situations like you, whether it's the breast thing, the vagina thing, just someone that's dealing with, uh, you know, uh, their own body, their own sexuality, and, and they feel like whatever, they're a monster or whatever the things that you went through in your, your headspace. Well, I think for, as far, as far as for the women that are going through, like they're always in pain and they don't know what's wrong and they're going to a doctor and their doctor's saying, you know, have a glass of wine, go to a different doctor and just keep, you know, keep going until you find somebody that will listen to you because, you know, you know, you know, your body and you know, the pain you're going through. And, and, uh, and if you're someone that's also in a relationship, whether it be marriage or a partner and you're in an abusive relationship, don't think that if you're, if you're having pain with sex and, you're scared to be alone. You think, Oh, I'm going to be stuck in this situation because no one's going to want to be with me. That's not true. So if you're in an emotional abusive or physical abusive relationship and you have some kind of sexual dysfunction, don't stay with that person just because of of that. So, uh, you know, just know that there's hope for you and there's someone out there that will accept you just the way you are. And as far as for, for body image, as far as like, you know, we obviously didn't choose to be, to have cancer or, or any kind of disability. And, and there is somebody out there that is true. Like you, like you said, there's somebody out there that will love you just the way you are and you don't need to change for anybody. Yeah, for sure. Well, I thank you for, you know, being so brave and actually sharing your story. Cause there's, there's, you know, I mean, you know, women obviously especially women when it comes to their bodies a lot of times men don't give a shit too much maybe they should more but uh a lot of times women are you know beauty is such an important thing and it doesn't mean you're not beautiful but the fact that you're willing to share some ugly things in your past that you know people can judge or whatever and but you know again i'm sure there's still you're still getting thicker skin and i'm sure there's some things that people can say that can hurt your feelings but uh, the fact that you're willing to like open yourself up, like anybody who does that, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting very comfortable with talking about a lot of the personal things I've been through and, and I really thrive in it now because it, it, it is more powerful and it, it's great that people will reach out to you. Um, actually one more thing, but have you, have you had anybody reach out to you and just like, like with your website and everything, just, just say, or your, your, your app, uh, like, have you had any like decent feedback where people are like, well, thank you for creating something like this? Actually, yes, I have actually. So my, my app's only available in the U.S. right now, just for now, just because I want to just grow it in the U.S. first, and then I'm going to branch out to other countries. But I've had uh, like U.K., Canada, Australia, a couple people or a few people message me saying, "When is this app going to be available in my country?" And as far as like positive feedback, I did receive um, a gentleman. He had something called Peroni's disease, which is the abnormal curvature of the penis, which can make erection painful and intercourse impossible and he messaged me i didn't know what peroni's disease was until he messaged me he's like i want to thank you for creating this app um i feel like a fraud to these women because i never tell them that i have this issue until we're, we're about to get intimate and then i have to tell them about my issue and with your app 
it's it just takes so much anxiety away from the table right away because I know that you know whoever uses this app will understand that I you know I automatically may have a condition that I mean I'm, I may not be able to have intercourse and so that was good to hear and, and I had a, a, another woman message me and she said she was single for like 15 years because she said she just just doesn't want to have sex anymore because it was always painful and she's been single and lonely and she's just like so excited to to sign up for the app because now she's hoping somebody will just accept her just the way she is. So just hearing that, those kind of stories, it's just like, wow, making a difference. Oh yeah. And you know, it's it's just, it's it's, it's great to hear. I haven't heard any like connection, love connection stories yet, but I definitely have had several emails of people reaching out to me and just thanking me because yeah, they're, they finally, they have hope. Maybe you need to lead by example, get out there and date and find somebody. And then they all yeah. know you're the founder and the person who found a connection. But no, I mean, you're definitely making a difference regardless of how small it is. Like it, it definitely can, you know, again, it takes a while for anything to catch fire. And, you know, someone told me when I was doing this, like, you know, I started 10 people were listening. Now it's a few hundred and it's growing little by little. And it, But it's like just because certain people aren't saying anything doesn't mean they're not paying attention. It's just not everybody's as brave as you to come out and just say, hey, you know, hey, I'm Anna, I'm, I'm going through this. And, and uh, you know, not many women want to talk about their breast cancer. Um, regardless, right. even if they are, you know, the fact that they're amazing and they're surviving, they're still ashamed about it. And, and you know, for you, you're, you're trying to change the narrative of, hey, you know, it's not all bad. Life isn't over and you still can be attractive. And, um, and obviously you have other issues on top of it and you're still persevering. And that's, you know, definitely making a difference because there's too many unheard voices like yours that need to be out there and, you know, pushing, you know, as I said, pushing the envelope. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think we covered everything, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah well, I appreciate you for coming on and, and doing this. I know we kind of just jumped into it and did it, but, um, again, anytime you need someone to talk to, I'm around and, um, and Thank when, you. Thank when, you. when the episode does come out, I'll, I'll get a link to your, your app and I'll put it in there. And, um, like I said, I wish you nothing but the luck and not only your dating world, but in your dating app. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Of course. Keep up the good work. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you again. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was very, uh, sweet and positive. Uh, bullet is, I think he's awake. He's awake and he's purring. So let's contribute. Bullet. Ah, uh, he's contributing. Oh, yay. Come on, you're going to put people to sleep. Yeah. What a good boy you are. So if anybody out there that doesn't think I, that I abuse my cat, which I don't know why you would. I mean, we have full-on conversations out here, for, if you don't know. But um, that is a happy damn cat, if I say so myself. And, uh, yeah. We're almost going two years strong, huh, buddy? Yeah, my sweet little mans. Well, okay, when you hear this, it'll be well past two years. But, uh, yeah, my buddies. Uh, he's laying here, just to paint a picture. I'm I'm sitting here, I'm fully dressed, because, uh, not that you needed to know, but, you know, I'm not always fully dressed, ladies. Um, no, I, I'm just sitting here on my couch, fully dressed, because me, uh, me and Noah, uh, if you remember Robin, who has been on the 100th episode, and... Uh, I don't remember what episode she's on, but her, her son and I are really good friends, and uh, we're going out to Texas Roadhouse, and I am starving. I'm going to try the catfish. It's on the menu, and it's new. Uh, I love that I live in a small town, and uh, like we just got a Texas Roadhouse, and it's like it's the thing that everyone talks about. <laughs> it's just a stupid steak restaurant, but we didn't have any, so it's like, ugh. Like if this was when I was back and living in Philly, it was like, oh, really? Or another Roadhouse? Because of shit. But, uh... Yeah, so we're going to go get some food, and uh, obviously I'm in a good mood. Mental health's been pretty good. Um, And I think, uh, I'm not going to mention her name, but the girl I'm talking to, I think I'm going to just, when I see her, I'm going to hug her breast. (laughs) I'm a fucking idiot. Um, Yeah, but, you know, again, man, I don't know. It's just, I I try to, I'm not not trying to make light of her situation because it's it's, it's terrible, but I'm, I'm very proud of her for what she's been overcome, but, you know. I'm sure for a woman who's not going through this, it, it, it makes you hurt inside or maybe on the outside. Um, Cause I've, I've heard many 
torturous things with men or just anybody. Somebody's like, oh, you know, I slam my finger in a car door. You feel the pain of it. And it's like, I can imagine women hearing her story and just going like, they just hold themselves. Um, but yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, but, but you ready to sign out of this bitch? Hmm? You ready to get out of here, buddy? Um, yeah, I hope you guys, like I said, appreciate what you do have, man. I, something can change and you can lose something in a blink of an eye. So don't, don't, please don't just think, don't take anything for granted. And I'm, I'm saying this to myself, everyone I care about, people I don't know, just appreciate what you got, man. Cause there's a lot of bad shit out in this world. And there's a lot of things that just happen out of nowhere and you're not prepared for it. So just, uh, like I said, I don't know. Love yourself. Love other people. Just love, 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 love. Like an old grandma smokes, um, but yeah, guys, let's uh, let's get the hell out of here, and uh, I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye bye. <laughs>